Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 69. <laughs> uh, oh, how droll. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinesky. Hello, sir. Hi there. <laughs> that was quite the uh, infectious laugh you have there. <laughs> good, good lord. I'm <laughs> Uh, when Janice is comfortable, I believe she means uncomfortable. I everybody should be proud of me because I didn't make any Star Wars references on uh, episode sixty-six. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, I I have to ask. I'm gonna regret this. What does order, six exe- exec- execute? Order, execute. Sorry. Execute order. <laughs> execute executive order sixty-six. Is okay. the order to kill all Jedi's. <laughs> so today on uh, oh, I need one more sigh. Today on Motor Cult, we will be talking about a new <clears throat> a new series on Facebook Watch about cars, uh, LS platforms, the Grand Tour, and junk cards, amongst other things. Wee. Anyway, uh, after I'm done sighing, maybe one more time. <sighs> That's why I just decided to overview our topics. We were, we were thinking about doing that last episode, but I don't know. If you guys, Executive Order 66. Just. If you guys like having a preview, uh, let us know. Otherwise, we're not going to do it. It's kind of a, I thought it would be a good idea if it's like automatically starts playing the next episode. But Burger brought up a good point where it, it says in the blurb. So It does. Let, let, but it, let us know. Let us know if you actually read the blurb. And if you don't, then there's a good reason to put this in there. So. Yeah. Uh, moving true. right in. First topic. You mentioned a new series that is available exclusively on Facebook Watch. Yes. That's what I wanted to talk about, because I accidentally did this about a week ago, and this has been live for a year. So what this is, it's uh, David Freiberger, and I forget the announcer's name, from uh, Drag Week, NHRA Drag Nationals. Okay, yeah. They both do a show together called the 3K Hoopty Challenge, and what they do is they go down to the Tucson Drag Strip or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. and invite a bunch of people down with these budget builds, like three grand or less market value. Not build value, but market, market value. value. So if you put like a ten grand engine into a thousand dollar car, I'm like okay, uh, it'd sell. I, w- I could see that for sale for three grand probably. Okay. And they split them up into uh, turbocharged, okay, nitrous, okay, uh, LS swapped, okay, and then like unconventional, so like vans, motorhomes, and pickups. And they don't have an NA only. Oh, sorry, they also have an NA. Yeah. Okay, I'd say it'd be weird if they didn't. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, so I, I went through and burned the entire season in one sitting. Because, How long are the episodes? Uh, like 18 minutes. They're pretty short. Okay. But pretty Face- good. Facebook Watch seems like that streaming service that nobody cares about. It's a garbage platform. Yeah, it really is. But it works just fine for watching this, and I highly recommend you go watch this because it's actually really entertaining. I don't know if I want to be on Facebook for 18 minutes. Oh, and that there are six episodes, I think, so it's going to be six times 18 I don't know if I want to be on Facebook for that long. Well, all right. I guess you can't watch this then. Well, I'm, no, that, that's just my, my, my thing is, like, I, whenever I'm on Facebook, I'm on there to, like... Well, clearly they're trying to get this platform up and running. I'm sure it's going well. I don't know why it's not on Motor Trend On Demand. Yeah, just put it on there. Well, probably some contract thing. Well, but, like, it's just streaming on Motor Trend, so clearly it's owned by Motor Trend, and it's, like, under the Roadkill page, which is Motor Trend. So Weird. 
Oh, maybe it's, it's just saying that like mo- uh, Roadkill is streaming on Motor Trend. Oh, that that it definitely is. Um, but the 3K Hoopty Challenge, it's definitely an entity underneath that same umbrella. Okay. So why it's not on the Motor Trend On Demand platform, I don't understand. I feel like it should be. It uh, should be, and it probably will be at some point when this fails. Yeah. But like, it's a really good show, so I feel like it's worth okay. shouting yeah, out. Yeah, no, I, I would, I'm actually keen to watch that. Maybe you can go watch after you go to your Quite uh, keen. brewing tonight. We, we could do that, yes. Uh, um, that'll work Monday, It sounds so. really cool. I'm, I, I'm, uh, what would you build for $3,000 for That's drag That's a good racing? question. <laughs> that, that, that was my first thing I thought it was, what would you build? I'll let you know what I would build. And uh, then well, we get whatever jam kind of putting me on the spot, but I think what I would take... I'm trying to think of like the cheapest, biggest engine car that I can make the lightest. Did you want to think that over for a second? Sorry, yeah. Have done. Oh, yeah. If you have one, then absolutely go first. Take a, the crappiest EF I can find. Okay. Like 88 through 91 Honda Civic, if you're not into Japanese cars. <laughs> the crappiest one I can find. Get a the, the crappiest running H22 powered Prelude I could find. Uh, H22 into the EF. Um, you can get all that done for around three thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. Though I, I think I've mentioned this before, but just like instead of doing like actual coilover suspension, in the rear just cut two springs and twist them together. Oh yeah, so that it locks yep. up. Yep, and uh, weld the differential on the transmission. Okay, so you're because you're only gonna be drag racing it. <laughs> then do like the full Will Happel weight reduction, where you cut out giant chunks of the floor pan because of rust, and you remove everything except for the driver's seat and try not to have to have a roll cage that should be good for like uh, even like with crap tires probably like low 13s jeez that's pretty good 200 horsepower i guess probably 2 215 with no exhaust and a free-flowing intake yeah i suppose then if you not a bad idea yeah and that would feasibly you could get that done for around under four thousand dollars. I bet if I cut enough of the old element away, I could make it run thirteens. Oh yeah, just the bare <laughs> chassis of the element. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. It'd be super fun. My answer though, I thought about this for just for a second. Um, uh, E46 BMWs right now are mm-hmm. for free. You can buy them with blown heads for literally. You can get them for free. So I would take one of those, like a 323 or something, strip everything out of it, go get a six liter, and a turbo 350, and call it good. LS swap, yeah, LS swapped E46. Because that thing would put down power like crazy, and you could throw a turbo or nitrous on it if you wanted to. But. Yeah, and it's E46, so who cares? Right, know? and like the drivetrains are really strong on those, so you're not going to break anything. Yeah, that'd be a really good idea. Chan, do you have any uh, thing that you would do? Three grand to take out drag racing. And it has to be worth around 3500 like if you see it on Craigslist, not something you're actually going to spend $3,500 yeah. building. Yeah. I don't know. Like, just off the bat, just something hilarious that I would want to see. I don't know if you could do this for three thousand, but a BMW Isetta okay. would be hilarious. BMW. You could you could buy s- a really crappy one for that for yeah. sure. Like, I th- that's just. I think that would be really funny. I don't know if it would be what, safe. Was the engine or legal, ma- Was but... the engine mounted onto the suspension in the Assetto or was yes, it Yes, it, it is it okay. is a small motorcycle engine. So it's it's mounted integral on the rear swing arm and it's mounted in the bottom side out of the seat. So y- you could you could get like a Piaggio Vespa like I was 350 a, drivetrain or something. GY, it wouldn't be a, fast. A GY6 engine. You could turbo it. I mean, you could probably make it. But yeah, just something reasonably quick. Incredibly small and hilarious. Okay. 
that um, you just like kind of like the Honda N six hundred we see at oh oh I had a good one. Um, I thought you were gonna say like Geo Tracker with an LS or something. Oh, that would be good too. That, that would actually be <laughs> entirely like doable. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, no. My friend Bjorn has a um, B- uh, Honda N six hundred. Okay. With no floor. Oh. Like in his. In that his, sounds really unsafe. In his backyard in Elko. Oh, okay. Nice. He also has a midget car chassis, tube frame. You know, it's the tiny cars yeah. that do like... Yeah, we like, saw those at Elko. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of those. He's got one of those chassis, and the wheelbase is the... Ex- it's within like a centimeter of what the N600 is. So I take that chassis, N600 body, and then since it's going to be just a four-cylinder motorcycle engine, or no, they use off like... I think like four cylinders. There were thousand like, cc four cylinders. Oh, the thousand cc four yeah. cylinders. Mm-hmm. So it, it'll be a reasonably sized four cylinder. Yeah. Oh, it, it would honk pretty good. I'm sure, I can find a K series for cheap. Oh, uh, it's rear wheel drive though. Mm. Yeah. I, if I was gonna do a front wheel drive platform, which I wouldn't do for drag racing, I would do a first gen insert with a K24. But yeah, that, oh, that, that'd be an argument. That one. thing would honk freaking yeah. good. Yeah. And well, that's why I said my EF because I, I know for a fact what that's capable of doing. Oh yeah, and those hook up super nice with, with the worst tires that's a 13 second car sure. with like good tires so you can get way faster they weigh nothing they weigh absolutely nothing and that's Corey, what would you power. pick you're asking the wrong person okay fine but uh i'm gonna have to think about my engine for a second um you know what i'm just on a just just for you know my my typical go-to tiny engine that's rear-wheel drive rotary <sighs> fine I'll, I'll think of something different later <laughs> My my favorite vehicle on the 3K Hopti Challenge was one they didn't end up picking to compete oh. until they needed like a tiebreaker for like the worst vehicle ever. <laughs> it was a like a 1978 Chevy based van based RV camper. Okay, and it was in horrible condition. It had a 400 cube small block turbo 350, but it had cool. nitrous in a cam. Dope. All right, and it had hand painted vomiting giraffes all over the side of it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. And. It, it was not the slowest vehicle to run that day. You know, That's it, awesome. it beat a turbocharged Ford F two fifty. Now that you mention it, that uh, that YouTube video with the guys that LS swapped an RV. Yeah. Oh, is that I, what you would take? Yeah, I think that's what I want. The fuel injection sucks channel. They took a a Winnebago, a really big Winnebago that had a, uh, a four hundred and forty cube Mopar in it, and they took a junkyard six liter van motor, four L eighty. Okay. And they put a very, very large, I think it was a 76 mil turbo on it. <laughs> and they, they are now driving it. And like, it sounds like a built race car coming down the street and it's still dog piss slow. It's still so slow and it's like 600 horsepower. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's heavy and it's as aerodynamic as a house. Yeah, yeah. but uh, like the turbo noise is coming out of an so ancient funny. Winnebago. It's really great. Um, so. Oh, there's a, uh, you know what you can also find for $3,000? What? A really shitty Vanagon. Okay. Oh man, like a really bad Vanagon. You could put, and then put an LS into it because the floorboard's probably rusted out enough that you don't have to cut that much more metal to put an LS into the back. Do they make a transaxle? Excuse me, a transaxle kit. Oh yeah, you could run a Porsche transaxle. Yeah, nine thirty. Yeah, I could run a nine eighty six one too. The box. That's true. Yeah. Or standard Boxster 2.5 transaxle bolts to the 4.2 Audi V8. No modification. I was thinking since I'd be doing an LS, I'd cop out and do an Oldsmobile Tornado uh, oh, transaxle. No, those are the worst. Yeah, That but, was like transaxles before they could figure out how to do transaxles. Yeah, but that's a, that's what you, that, I think that's the transmission you have to use if you're going to V8 swap a Fiero. 
Uh, I don't think so. For before the LS you can use transfers, the, you can use the V6 trans. No, the before the LS one, where you actually had to use a transaxle and make it uh, no, longitudinal. Small block Chevy and a Fiero. I think you can run the 3.4 liter transaxle. Oh really? I okay. So I think the bolt pattern's the same. Yeah, it could it, be wrong, but the Toronado transaxle I don't think would fit, and it's also longitudinal. It's not. Yeah, that's that's I meant. All the Fiero V8s I've seen are transverse. Well, with the Vanagon, because the Vanagon's longitudinal. Oh, right. Yeah, but again, that's the worst transaxle ever. It's the worst van you can, ever. You can pick up a stock Boxster five-speed transaxle for three hundred and fifty bucks. Oh no way! Okay. And, and they hold a bunch of power. And I know. For a fact that you get swap kits to put it, you can bolt a 27T straight onto it. You can bolt a uh, 32 valve V8 4.2 on it, no problem, stock. And you can yeah. the, the LS is you go to the Boxster S transaxle, which are a thousand bucks. Wow. But they also take just unlimited power. Unlimited power. That's true. Um, I'm gonna sigh at my own comment. Real yeah, quick. you you did that. Um, <laughs> that was you, not me. Uh, this actually, one time. Come to think of it, I would put a K24 into my N600 because I just remembered that they make K24 to S2000 swap kits. Yeah, they do now. In yep. fact, I was asking that guy questions because I'm going to need some of those parts for the Brexit build. Yeah, so I I would do a K24 in the N600 and put that in the Midget Car chassis. And that would be really rad. Although that would be, be the like, coolest car. That would be like a great track car, but better than it would be a drag car. Yeah, but I mean, it's just a matter of a suspension setup. Man, a Bill K24 in a car that size. It would be so funny. That would be painful. It would be so funny. Oh, jeez. I've been telling Bjorn to actually just take the two and put them together for, like, years. Because he's like a welder. I'm like, dude, you can do this. Like, you have all the tools and skills Does he just want to wait and, like, LS swap it or something? Or no, what? he's busy putting together vintage boats and stuff. Like, it's his job or something, which it is. <laughs> but, I mean, still, he should put the he should do the, uh, the N600 and the midget chassis. Damn it. That would be... <laughs> Really rad. I mean, in a way that I haven't even comprehended. So, speaking of um, LSs and stuff, we had a yeah. customer who brought in a Buick Rainier. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Those are the old Trailblazer base cars. Yeah. The GMT 350s. Yeah. And it was... I don't know why it was at my shop, but it was at my shop regardless. Um, anyway, so I noticed that it was... Yeah, it was a 5.3... Vortec. Yeah, they're aluminum. They had an optional aluminum 5.3 liter. Yeah, it's super cool. Gen small block. Yeah, just like the Trailblazer and everything else. Yep, and the SSR and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, really crap. cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, I think that might be the winner, but what is the most hilarious LS platform, like factory LS platform stock. stock, that you could build to make a sleeper to really upset somebody with a Corvette? Chevrolet SSR. Uh, yeah, everybody knows it's got the that in there but that if would they're be, not fast they're, it's the same true. engine it's aluminum 5.3 but like yeah it's slow they're slow that's pretty so funny. if you built one of those that looked stock and had a thousand horsepower that'd be really funny i like that yeah. i like the idea of like a buick rainier with like blown out air suspension in the back <laughs> and just like <laughs> yeah. absolute garbage no, no, you have to go with the oldsmobile bravada oh the, i forgot the bravada they had weren't that. offered with the v8 but you, oh, could, you could put it oh. in obviously it's the same car yeah but now, I about those were something, clapped. Something that you could just buy that had the V8. Then I would probably go Envoy because those are way more clapped out than the Rainiers. I don't know, man. The, like the Envoy, it's like people kind of know. Like they go, oh yeah, this kind of looks like a, this is like a Trailblazer. But you show up with a Buick Rainier, and it's like dark green with like peeling clear coat, and like it's got the white the white tire lettering, but you hit a curb with it, so it's just I, like half the tires like all scrubbed. The worst off ones the I've seen. 
have been envoys. Envoys are the worst. The, yeah, and it's like even like Denali's, That's the true. ones with the air suspension specifically, just all blown out and saggy in the rear, and just like missing the caps and <laughs> just like side swiped and like the headlights are dangling out or like the wrong one is taped into the car. Oh God! <laughs> They're and like just rod knock just and the LL8. The the worst sort of like just pickup, yeah, or not pickup, but the worst sort of SUV, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, what was the, um, they had that one where they had the retractable roof that nobody likes, uh, oh, the XUV, XUV, that one. Yeah. I also kind of want to do it to an Isuzu Ascender now. I, I thought, thought about, about that. that. I thought about that after the fact. I'm like, oh yeah, the Isuzu For Ascender. For those of you listening, that. that is the GMT 350 Isuzu. Yeah. The Isuzu version of a Trailblazer. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you can get the V8 in that or not, but yeah, I, Actually, I think I they think, canned I think it before can. the V8. Actually. I think they. I think the V8 was actually in okay. there for like a year. Like, and nobody <laughs> bought them. I nobody. Yeah, uh, one of the last smoking tire episodes, they they brought up the XUV. Really, that's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> my neighbor back in the day when it was brand new bought one. So oh my god, they're so bad. Oh, it's so terrible. But the only thing I remember about that vehicle, like specifically, is there's this guy that used to come to my AutoZone. He had one, and he, we could not find the rear wiper for it. <laughs> oh, I bet because the rear wiper on the XUV was different than the normal oh, of envoy. Course it was. yeah and the uh issue with the with it was they were the same length they were both a 13 inch wiper oh for but it had a different sake. connector on it oh. and that's why they needed a bailout um yeah also i want to this is known to people but i mean oh, the there's Saab, a bunch of these for sale the Saab, the Saab 97x arrow i would, really like those that would actually be like a cool that's, a, a really way, cool truck. The though. Arrow is a way better vehicle than the Trailblazer SS. Yes. Because it comes with like a way better looking body, better looking wheels. Stuff actually fits together. And the same drivetrain. Yeah. No, it basically is. They, they, they had the chassis and then they built a body around it. But uh, yeah, I think the Buick Rainier would be really hilarious to build. There are several XUVs for sale on Craigslist. Do they have the 5.3s? No, these are both LL8s. They're both red, too. Weird. Is it the same car or are they different? Oh, it was a black one. It was a black oh, one. Oh, this one's a V6. I wonder what they swapped in. <laughs> V6. I'm I'm curious if the Envoy XUV actually ever came with that um, particular I, engine. I will Google it. Yeah, uh, why don't you Google that? For the record, you can easily Google. buy one for two and a half grand in pretty solid condition. So that might actually fit in the, in the 3K Hoopty Challenge. Yeah. Then. I think they would, they would let you do it. It's like, did you buy an XUV? Like the really heavy one? Like yeah, does is a roof stuck halfway halfway back? Yes. Did they come with a V8? They were offered with the five three. Yes, perfect. <laughs> there it is. That's the winner. That is the the LM four V8 was that, an option on the XUV. That might be the dumbest uh, LS platform that you can build. Yeah, I think so. I think that takes the cake. I do. I do want to know what the Pontiac Bonvilles and uh, Impala SS, but those ones will never be fast because LS4 they're four barely an ls platform I know. nothing fits yeah i know nothing fits it's front wheel drive it sucks so yeah anyway um i'm gonna see if any of these locally are v8s you, yeah yeah you definitely gotta do that um also so these are all things we can find in the junkyard i'm just gonna bump my next topic up just while you're seeing if any of those are v8s yeah uh i uh, was not tagged in this but i guess i'm going to the junkyard tomorrow now because why there was a Subaru GL10. Oh, I saw this. You were tagged in it twice. Nobody tagged me in it. I never saw it on Facebook. You were visibly tagged by two people when I went to look at it. That's why I did not tag you in it. I didn't. I never saw it. I'm just saying. It's so weird. I never seen it, and like I would have totally bought it. 
So it's well, entirely. Nicole I'm doesn't let you do that. I'm uh, I'm blaming uh, Facebook for this, and I really hope that um, uh, Zuck has to go to jail now. He totally deserves it. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, now this like kind of rusty, but still totally drivable low mile Subaru GL, uh, which is at the pre Impreza Subaru. Talk about how sweet the graphics are on it. Yeah, it's got the five 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 Impreza. Uh, graphics on the side of it which i mean i don't really care about that the reason i'd want it is like i used to see this car whenever me and jam were driving to uptown because he's right down the street from me it always made me really happy to see mm-hmm. another gl i'm like cool i'm not the only person in the world with one with one of these and yeah then it just disappeared one day apparently i blew a head gasket and nobody bought it and nobody i never saw the facebook ad i would have totally bought it it was two hundred dollars oh there was a facebook for sale ad yeah oh i didn't see that's that. what i meant okay i thought like, you meant it, the, the guy, post on no the no the guy had it for sale oh for yeah. like months i did not see that and apparently nobody tagged me in it so that it's like it's ridiculous it was right down the street from my house i never saw it for sale wasn't it for sale for like two hundred dollars too yeah uh. like i would have totally bought that because 200 bucks i do a head gasket Jan would have a really nice car with all-wheel drive to drive around when she goes like archaeology stuff. I mean, it stuff. was yeah, pretty well, rusty, but still. No, the front end's rusty. The rear end <laughs> looks fine. I don't know fine. if I would be able to drive that for three hours down to on gravel roads. Well, I mean, for a while. But then I would sell it and <laughs> Tell build and make some money. Gasket. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, once you do a head gasket on it, you're good for about 40,000 miles. And trust me, 40,000 miles in a GL That's is a, a long time. Yeah. You're... Also going about forty miles per hour too, and it's of course, you're, yeah. it's gonna it's actually, drag limited. We'll say yeah, well it's not drag limited, but it's just it's was power a joke, limited. Ryan. But anyway, yeah. So now this car sits in a junkyard. I really loved it. I wanted to get it. If whoever went for sale, never saw it for sale. Now it's in a junkyard. Great. Yeah. Um, fabulous. So I mean, I guess the good news is it supposedly it's a turbo as well. Oh jeez. Yeah. So I might be able to get my GL10 back on the road because I need a new wiring harness for it before I do a uh, carburetor wow. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Ryan was really bummed out, and I was just saying, like, you might have not been able to buy it while it was running, but now, like, we have parts for our mm-hmm. car and True. other Subaru. I just hope that there's other people out there with the same vintage Subaru oh, yeah. you have that also know about it and are also going to yeah, take parts. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like I know all five people with GLs. Whenever we go to U-Pool, like they literally know me as the Subaru queen, and they're like, "Oh yeah, somebody else saved these parts for you." Yeah, they like, don't know me, but they know to save certain parts for me, which is hilarious. We we there was a time where they had uh, no, it wasn't that was John's Auto Parts actually. Okay. Up in East Bethel, we were going okay, down there because they, sure. they had three Loyals and an XT6. Oh my god! And one of the workers was going through there, and he's like closing up everything. He goes, "Oh hey, I put some stuff in the trunk that you guys might want." And we looked it back there. He's like, "A different is a, is a spare dash or a, a spare gauge cluster and a bunch of like." really clean interior panels. And I'm like, this is all stuff I need. Thank you. This is great. And like, already a pulled. Seat, and like, <laughs> like, a, like a clean seat, like a D pillar for my wagon, which are like super rare to find. And they're, <laughs> they are never in good condition. They always break and fly off on the highway. Oh, great. Yeah. And then you just got this big, big gaping hole. And it's really dumb. Yeah, um, my favorite was they're like, do you have closed toed shoes? Like they would look at me and ask me that. And I was like, would slam like my boots on the counter and be like, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> so um, I've had to go home from Rosemount twice because I've forgotten the closed toe shoe thing. I've been in flip flops. I'm like, I know it's it's rough, but like I come prepared. Rage. 
Um, Apparently you do, and I don't, so that's fine. But that's the thing. So basically, this car I really wanted is now in the junkyard. However, that is not the worst thing I've ever seen in a junkyard. I was I started thinking about this. And yeah, I just saw that, this question. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's bringing up some memories. Yeah, me. and uh, somebody <laughs> mentioned seeing a uh, a uh, URS4. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like really clean first-gen S4. Apparently, yep. it was in a junkyard. And I remember the worst thing I've ever seen at U-Pole only, mm-hmm. not counting other junkyards, but uh, just U-Pole alone in person that I saw. Uh, a 1976 Honda Civic oh, in wow. beige with a clean <laughs> brown interior. Oh, no. CVCC automatic with the failed transmission. <laughs> that car is so... Rare. I looked on it, and it had like sixty thousand original miles on it. Like it was definitely oh not rolled God. over because it was like so clean. Mm-hmm. And nobody had taken anything. They they ended up cubing it, and it was like almost complete when they cubed it. Well, and yeah, nobody else has one of those because it's yeah. so rare. But that's the thing is like that car, like should have been in a collection somewhere because it was, it, it was a really interesting transmission. Somebody died, and somebody's idiot kid. Yeah, somebody's it to idiot for kid, a maybe, tax deduction. One can only hope that that child, idiot child, is, as I say, is hanging Pepsi. from the hanging from the rafters somewhere um, <laughs> by their own demise. Um, I'm not happy about it at all. But yeah, another car had no rust on it. Oh, I hate the feeling knowing, especially at Upol, when you cannot buy the car yeah, from them. They're, they, I offered them. I, I'm like, I will total up however many parts are on this car. I will buy it for the cost of all the parts plus whatever weight and scrap it is. Because that car was worth more, like I I totaled it up, it'd be like seventy two hundred dollars that they can Jeez. make off a car, if you sell every part individually, like That's by the book. Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and that car at the time was worth probably around five. I would have totally bought it for seventy two. Um, totally would have rebuilt the transmission for three, and right now it'd be worth about twenty five. Jeez. Yeah. Front auto. It is very rare. So, all right, the, the thing is with the transmission on that, it was a different, they called it a Honda-matic. Mm-hmm. It was different. It was different than a, it wasn't a planetary gearbox, though. And that's why they call it that, is the planetary gearbox automatic transmission at that point in time, somebody had a trademark on it in Japan. Okay. I think it was actually one of the American companies that trademarked it, like, as, like, a F you to the Japanese, like, brands. And eventually Japan just, like, sued them and said, no, it's not happening in here. <laughs> We're making planetary gearboxes. You are not the only person to have this trademark. And that worked so well for them. Yeah, but uh, no, the uh, the Honda Matic was actually really interesting because it was kind of like a pre-selector gearbox where it was a pre-selector yeah. gearbox. It's a pre-war version of like a DSG where you would... It, you would it it's would, post-war too. They used pre-select yeah. up until probably the 60s. Yeah, from, from what I understand, it was like a pre-selector where it would, it would queue up the other gear... Mm-hmm. And then slide it into gear once it's time. But yeah. it had an automated clutch on it. Yep. It was a two-speed automatic. Oh, my God. That would have been it, so terrible. Yeah, but, I mean, the car, you know, even with a four-speed, was nothing for performance. It sucked regardless for performance. Oh, I like, know, but... The, the whole thing about the first-generation Civic is that, like, yeah, you could coax a lot of power out of it mm-hmm. if you modified the engine. And you could also, like, make it handle really well. And that's how it would win races is from handling. But the um, yeah, ah, just like the mini. Yeah, no, that um, that CVCC automatic. Like even like, when you open up the doors and you sat in the seats, the seats were still firm and everything. Like they weren't like worn or anything. Mm-hmm. It was just flawless. I'm so pissed. Yeah, I would. 
I don't think I would have like cried, but I'd have been like, this is so depressing. I was like, I, I actually. This is like seeing a dead person on a sidewalk that's frozen to the ground. Like there's I, nothing I, actually, I can do here did not buy the stuff I was going to buy otherwise because I was so mad. I didn't want to give him my money for scrapping that car. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually, after I saw that, I tried to buy it. And after I saw it, I tried to buy it, and they said, no, I didn't go to U-Pole for like two years. I went exclusively to John. I went like way out to East Bethel to like go to John to like wait till John set the car that I needed. Well, I mean, there's a U-Pole in East Bethel, too. Yeah, but that's, I mean, as opposed to going to Rosemount, which is way closer to where my parents lived. Hmm. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, that's why I would just drive like, across the world to East Bethel to go not give money to uh, Upol. Well, it's not really their fault, though. It's their policy. I know, but policies are there for a reason. Yeah, but I mean... A lot I... of the cars in there, I mean, if you bought them and you like were able to somehow repair them and put them back on the road, might be a huge liability. Oh, it's a massive liability, yeah. So, but I mean, I get it. It's, it's just one of those things where it's like... Um, there are junkyards that you can buy cars from, like French Lake. You can buy you can buy a chassis from yep. French Lake. Yep. And I don't know if, if French Lake can do it, you both can do it. You know, they totally could. And the people that work there are smart enough to know what type of car to do that with. Yeah, and that would be one. I, right. Well, I think hmm. unless they've this got is, it with no title. In which this case. is well, no, they you can't get give a car to Upol without a title. I bet you could do it with a bill of sale. No, I've tried. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause I couldn't find the title for a car I scrapped once oh, and I, they like, I had to go buy a title and then after, by the time they were done like towing it and everything, I made like all of $10 on the car. So I was, I was pretty pissed. I think I sold the donor chassis for Blubsky to Upol, even though it was like completely gutted. I mm-hmm. think they still paid me money and came and got it. Even though it didn't have like any front suspension on it. No engine. Yeah, no, the, trans. the car I gave him was like that too, but like. They gave me the same amount as if it was a full car. Yeah, but, it's super weird. Uh, but no, it, it just it, it doesn't make sense. It's no. just really dumb. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know what? Upol is part of Team PRP, which is the, that that's the company that owns that junkyard. And I wonder if I could actually buy that through work. Because uh, we have a we have a corporate account with them that we buy a lot of stuff from. So I still bet not. It's, I think it's one of those things where if you know somebody, you might be able Maybe. to. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So if I could get that. If somebody could look the other way a lot of times. If I could get that Loyal before it hits a, before it hits a junkyard, or before it hits a uh, actual like scrapper and like gets cubed. Maybe. Yeah. I bet it's still too late, but yeah, it might be worth checking. I'm going to look into that work come on day. <sighs> Makes you feel ill. No, it's very fine. Actually, to be honest, if the chassis is clean on it, I'd rather have that to build than mine. But that it was a sedan, wasn't it? Yeah, but mine's game? also a digital dashboard automatic, which is impossible to make those things work with the EJ swap. So just take the entire chassis out of the sedan, put it in your car. Yeah, well, no, I want to have the digital dashboard in mine. Oh, the di- digital dashboard and the automatic makes it a big pain in the butt because right on the, on my GL, I have to swap over the entire circuit board on the backside of the digital dashboard. Oh, why? Because it's completely differently wired than the manuals are. Um, and well, who but, thought that was a good idea? I don't know. But this is the thing: is like with the with the automatic, um, you can or with them, yeah, yeah, or sorry, yeah, with a, with a manual, you can swap an EJ and still retain the digital dashboard. You just have to <laughs> add in a two hundred ohm resistor. 
onto the tachometer. <laughs> okay. But it's it, it's, it's weird. It's the way that the speed sensor is set up. You have to. It, it's like a really ridiculous resistor you have to add in, but sure. you have to. Um, it's normally part of like on a modern car, it'd be part of the speed sensor that resistor. It would be built in, mm-hmm. but on the '80s ones, it wasn't. Okay, it was built in on the dashboard. So we basically you could theoretically just splice in the Subaru factory one, but then you'd be at like eighty trillion RPM. Oh, like while idling, so it would not be accurate at all. Yeah, um, that doesn't sound like it'd be a very effective tachometer without I th- the uh, I think adjustment. You would, then you would actually be like like idling at like 12,000 RPM according to it, but it's a very well-built flat four. It only has like a two, it's got two digits on the tachometer because you have got two fixed zeros on it. And then two digits actually move. Oh, because okay. the digital dashboard on my GL was before they had like fast enough computers to account say, for the that. Resolution probably just isn't there. Yeah. It, it's it processing speed. Actually <laughs> it didn't, it wasn't fast enough to keep up. Like even then, like when I rev mine, like for the few months where my engine was healthy and like actually revving like it should, mm-hmm. even with how slow that revs because of how the garbage converter probably no like we went neutral because of how garbage the tr- the turbo system is and how restrictive everything oh, is. Oh sure, okay. Like it would barely keep Just up. Pure with, pumping laws. Yeah, it would <laughs> it would barely be able to keep up with it. It would honestly be like if I like have my foot on the, on the like wide open throttle in neutral, go like that's how it accelerate. Hmm. Like in neutral, that's how fast it was. Because you know, normally go wham, wham, like well, that. Well, yeah, yeah. But I, I bet a lot of that does have to do with a torque converter, also. I mean, those are so heavy, super heavy. It's got like even more of an inner of a unequal length exhaust manifold oh, than yeah. a GL. I bet the exhaust manifold's so terrible looking at those. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. So the the EJs, you have like one tube that's like six inches long, and then the other one's like two feet long. Yeah, yep. So that's the they, up pipe to the turbo, yeah, right? Yeah, like well, no, going to the up pipe. The the runners going to the up pipe. Okay, so the, the up pipe's a separate piece from the exhaust yeah. manifold. Yep. Okay. Exactly. On mine, it's literally a three foot pipe that goes across the engine, and you've got one input on the far side and one that goes just directly in on the near side to the turbo. Oh my. So okay. yeah, you have a hundred percent like just all the gas coming in from the right <laughs> cylinder head blocks off the left one, blows gas back into the combustion chamber on the left side, and then goes to the turbo so what you're saying at is some point. A custom exhaust from heads back would be very beneficial for Oh, you gain just massive power. <laughs> you gain like it's like 12 horsepower on the NA ones when you put like an E-Clive <laughs> manifold, which is like... It, this is a, a garbage engine. Well, that thing so, is making like like eighty horsepower. Yeah, eighty like twelve horsepower on that. That's like a sixth more power. It's like adding an entire engine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, it's just it's massive. That's like uh, the uh, the exhaust system on the uh, the W one twenty six. Oh really? The US one. It's got three massive cats to make the CIS pass the emissions or whatever. That's really funny. And the whole thing's breathing through just like crimp drinking straws. Oh God, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, freeing, freeing that up, up helps a lot. I think just opening up the exhaust, you gain like 30 horsepower on that engine. It's ridiculous. Well, my, my so my coworker at work, he's got a uh, WRX. Okay. It's more, Sorry. On the, we're on the conversation with Subaru. Well, he wants him as all-wheel drive, more reliable than an Audi, and still a sedan. That is fits those things, yes. Yeah, yep. it's 
And comes with a manual. So he's like... If I ever does Subaru, just remind me that we're not talking about Audis, and then it'll be fine. Yeah, it, Audi exists. Okay, oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, 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 yeah. a good yeah, choice. Subaru's really awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we're both in a public place together, and you're trying to talk somebody into a Subaru, like, burger. Are Subarus good? Audi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're You really they're want a Subaru. Awesome. <laughs> they're like, which, which would you pick? A Subaru blah or an Audi 3-liter blah? Oh, <clears throat> Super. Super. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so my coworker, oh first thing that we, we were talking about, he was talking about how his Audi accelerated better uh than his Subaru. Sounds like kale. Well, no, he, you just don't want to race me, bro, because I got more horsepower. No, no, he, he actually had good reason because the Audi actually does go hundred percent two wheel drive. It goes hundred percent front wheel drive, which does get you out of your your sixty foot in Audi will be faster than the the Subaru. Okay. However, um, the Subaru is outperforming in like literally any inclement weather. And then I said to him, I said, how many transmissions do you think people go through in their S4s per year? And he goes, mm. I'm like, how many transmissions do you think people go through in their WRXs per year with the same abuse? And he goes, uh, good point. <laughs> yeah. Like an, what is it? A one E versus the five speed Rex trans. Yeah. Like the Subaru WRX transmissions. Perfect. Those Audi fine. transmissions are very stout. The the Audi automatics are gonna shatter the, to the manual. Oh, the manual. They're not that not not as good as the Subaru. So, I'm, t- I'm talking more about the, the differentials and stuff. And I know, but like the whole drive speed WRXs just blow up all the time. The transmissions. Yeah, from misuse and pumping yeah, 300 like, horsepower through it. Even stock power, if you launch them, the circle yeah, pops and your diff is done. The stock I, I guess that's, that, that, is, that, trans is, that is a good point. Doesn't break. I guess that's a good point, but no, they're the Audi, are Audi transmissions are, his was an auto. He went from automatic S4 to a manual WRX. Yeah, that's a definite improvement. Yeah, the WRX transmissions would be way better. Yeah, um, no, I mean, it, it's a nice shifting trans, and it's usually it's fine a lot on lower, stock power. Yeah. But and, and that's the thing, is he wants to keep it, like, close to stock power. But anyway, he's like, he's talking about how he hates the Subaru Rumble. Like, he I, got he got the I Subaru entirely, is, like, entirely, like, just an adult decision. Like, I want all-wheel drive. I want something fun. Well, and I want put, to be reliable. Put equal-length headers on it. That sounds like a regular that's, car. And that's what I told him. I said, um, he was, he's like, I just hate that rumble. I'm like, you were the only person on Earth that this makes sense for. But, yeah, get these equal-length headers and stock power. Was, I also don't like the Subaru rumble. Yeah, because you're, yeah, anyway. Um, sounds dumb. I like Jeremy Clarkson's quote. You hear that? That is the international sound of a moron approach. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, he, he goes, wait, you can just like fix that that easily? I'm like, yeah, it's, yeah. you have one super short header pipe and then the other one's really long. And so he like looks it up and he goes, wow, that sounds way better. I'm like, he goes, how much are these? I'm like, they're kind of expensive. My parent one's like 700 bucks. And he's like, geez, that's a lot of money to just make that go away. I'm like, you also get like 40 horsepower after a tune. He goes, what? <laughs> Should have started with that. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, how is that possible? I'm like, it actually flows well. And he goes, are you serious? Like, the pulses don't fight each other. Yeah, like you he's, were just like, saying. Like, he's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, no, you gain like a ton of power. Like, that's why I say like the EJ engine's like better than the 4G engine because it's. Wow, that's a bullet claim. It, I mean, it it's more reliable and once you take care of the head gaskets you get rid of the stock manifold you can build more power i just think that more people the the, the mitsubishi engines just had way more r&d time to it for like in the aftermarket i think in the yeah, long run that's true a closed deck ej would outperform a uh, 4g uh... 
don't know. There's a lot fewer connecting bolts in the the bottom end of a flat four. However, the uh, the crankshaft is held together uh, instead of just being held together on the held into the block on the top. It's held. Yeah. No, by I, all sides. I get that. In. That's that's. And you my could probably logic. get hardware and stuff that's strong enough, but like I'd worry about it pulling like the threads out of the aluminum case. That is true. The aluminum case does make it a little bit of a little bit harder. But I think I don't know. I'd I'd like to see somebody just like I would like to see two builds every the the highest performance possible build of a four G versus I want to see like a no holds barred closed deck EJ to see what it could take because I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, I bet it's a bunch of power. Probably a ton. Well, because even though it's aluminum, yeah, but it's also a boxer, which is going to be stronger. Um, but yeah, I, so I guess I still that's. You're probably right, but <laughs> just I, there's something about just that much shorter of a crankshaft and that many fewer pieces of hardware holding it together that just leads me to believe that it's not going to hold up but, better than like a. But six most of it that's 4G. being held together though is going to be the actual crank like case itself, not just. That's true. You you don't have the forces of the engine working against a handful of bolts. Okay. Like on the uh, inline engine, you you have the force of the combustion chamber acting against the other force of the combustion chamber, sure. keeping the engine together. So yeah, that's I, my the harmonics logic. are probably better in that case. That, that's that's my logic behind it. Sure. However, that being said, I'm not claiming to be an expert in this at all. So that's just and what I'm, I think. I'm blithering nincompoop when it comes to flat engines. I've had one in my boxer. In fact, I've had two in my boxer. Yeah, you did, and then you got rid of that promptly, which is <laughs> probably which a good is decision. Why I did that? Yeah. Um, what would be what, what's the worst thing you've my ever junkyard seen heartbreak in that time for this now? Yes, I want to know that. So it wasn't U pull. Okay. I've seen some good stuff at U pull, like a really clean E twelve five thirty gray market car with Euro bumpers. I saw that. Was that back when we were in high Long school? Long time ago. Yeah, yep. I remember. I was there for that one. So yeah. I took. It had like cardinal red interior. I'm just like, yep. what is this doing here? Four speed trans. Uh, the heartbreak though. I was scrapping a chassis at Metro Metals, and. I'm guaranteeing nobody except for you that's listening to this has ever been there. So uh, this is just a scrapyard in kind of a dense area between our two twin cities, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Yeah. And in order to... Like when to, we say scrapyard, we mean like, they drool, take in, like drooler scrappers that correct. Like drive around like crappy pickup trucks full of refrigerators. Yep. Yeah. So there's, there's two basic portions. There's one for cars and then there's another where you drive around back and it's like appliances and bikes and you just dump all that crap. All so the other garbage I spend most of my time in the cars area. And in order to do this, you drive in, drive across the scale, they take your before weight, you drive around to the middle area, and they take their big fork thing, unload it, you drive back across the scale, go inside and get paid. As I was pulling up to the turnaround to get unloaded with this like E36 shell or whatever, I see in the top of a stack of five cars, a completely untouched bone stock 91 BMW E3318 IS with black window trim. <sighs> and I'm just like, I have a. I took a photo of it. I have a photo somewhere of this car, and I'm just like, "There's a reason I pay people <laughs> to scrap my cars. Otherwise, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll like haggle with them and try and buy stuff." And just I look every work. time. Like I can't not. And like sometimes I'll see, like an E39 or E34, and I look, and it's like a 525. I'm like, fine, I don't care. Yeah, but like but this was a last model year IS E30 with like stock wheel covers still on it. Just totally unmolested. Oh my god, thing was so nice, and it was sitting on top, so it wasn't damaged yet. You could totally. I wonder if you could. Have I went inside. Them. I asked. I said we can't sell them. Policy. That's so stupid. That's really dumb. Yeah. So well, like, that was hard. One, one can only hope that maybe the owner there, because that's a small business. The owner actually looks at that, 
probably you know took it off the off the list and got right. a junk title for it or something. I know. And if I knew somebody there, maybe it would have been different. Maybe they looked the other way. I do know at least in California, a lot of people that like work at junkyards and stuff are car enthusiasts. Right. And there have been a few stories where I've seen where it's like, yeah, this guy junked like a. MA sixty one Celica Supra with like twenty thousand miles on it because like he inherited it from his grandpa and he was just like a pleb and yeah. he like just shoved foreign objects in the sphincter and he didn't <laughs> care about cars. And so he uh um, talking about Corey? Yeah, and so so he just uh he just junked it without doing any research whatsoever. Anyway, so this guy gave him like two hundred bucks for it. Uh doesn't take the title, doesn't even like put doesn't even sign it into the junkyard's name, just takes the title and puts it under the register. And uh after the day closes, he goes up to his boss and goes, hey, I really want this car. Boss is like, how much should we get for it? He's like, he's like, I paid 200 bucks for it. He goes, well, I'll sell it to you for five. So boss trip, almost tripled his investment. Yep. This kid just got like the cleanest MA61. Like it needed like a buff, like really bad. Like that was about it. It needed, to be, it, it needed to be like like detailed. It needed like brakes and like tires and like all the rubber. Oh, yeah. Through. Because it's been sitting. Yeah, I was gonna say but the like, standard stuff. But that's the thing is like this guy now is including repairs, maybe three grand into the Celica Supra, and it's just flawless. And if you're looking for a Japanese GT car, like that's did he the tighten down the head bolts? No, it's a five M. You don't have to. Oh, okay, five M. That was only a seven M. Seven M only. Yep. Great. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> five M's would fail just because it's organic head gasket, and it just happens. Yay! But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I've, I've had one head gasket pop on a car. Well, actually, I bought it that way. Yeah. But it was like it was an E thirty three twenty five i sedan. I'm like, at one hundred eighty nine k. I'm like, this is totally plausible that it's just bad because it's old. Yeah. And, and that's I the pulled thing it apart. It was bad because it was old. I put a new one in with no changes. One fifty to two fifty thousand miles. Mm-hmm. If your head gasket blows on a MA sixty one, and the five M, hey, you had a good run. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just, just one of those you, things. Like, I didn't even troubleshoot it i'm you, like you own is... an old toyota like <laughs> hey you, God, you that didn't smoke so bad man you, you didn't like bend the the cylinder head right yeah I mean, you're fine bend like, the cylinder head i, I mean say, warp it no i mean bend it like because <laughs> it's the it's the back most cylinder and that one will okay. be yeah. visibly moved <laughs> so, yeah inline sixes really tend to cook the number six yeah i think that's be, just cooling system related yeah but it's, it's not yeah. number six is just i've seen pictures on the internet of of like five M's that like overheated and the guy like was like going up the Rocky mountains or something. He just had to like, he had to push through <laughs> by the time he like pulled up, by the time he went to a repair shop in like Nebraska, the cylinder, I was just like, <laughs> like puking out like all over the firewall and stuff. But, um, yeah, so that's terrifying. There are some stories that I've heard from time to time. Like most of the surviving Duesenbergs were kind of the same thing happened. I got it. Most of the surviving dudes. What is that thing up against? Those, okay. oh, that's a stupid. I know it doesn't have a nice ring to it. There we go. You just have to keep it away from all the cords. The oh, cords perfect. If I if I bring my laptop screen down, I can reach it. Oh, there you I'll go. Keep you that figured in mind. it out. Yep. Or you can just sit there and struggle for our viewers. <laughs> They're not watching. It's fine. So anyway, uh, yeah. So you had an E30. I had a CBCC for the worst thing we've personally seen at a junkyard. Um, and this was this was seven eight years ago i mean this is before e30s really took off in value too yeah somebody really lost their shirt dude that car is probably worth like twenty five thousand bucks now yeah well that's like i gets whenever somebody junks something and I, there's a way i can save it like i'm totally into it like that's i yeah 
Why did we have to put the most depressing topic on the last part of the podcast? Don't worry, I got a couple more things okay, here. Okay, good. Um, Jana, you've gone to the junkyard more than a couple times with me. Is, what, what's been like the most depressing <laughs> thing you've seen there? Well, like, I really try to ignore all that stuff, because otherwise you, you just go You get sad, yeah. Fast. But I think one of the worst things was uh, there was a car that, I was taking parts off of, and it had a really awesome interior, and I, like, it was, we got there towards the end of the day, because, you know, we work and stuff, so, like, got there towards the end of the day, didn't have enough time to pull off everything, and we're like, oh, we'll be back, you know, tomorrow. Oh, the, G- the, the Loyal? Uh, no, this is one of the Accords, I think. Oh, okay, okay. And, um, so, like... The interior was really nice, and um, we were considering because, like, I have a brown interior on my Accords, yeah, which is gross. And I think this it's hat, very period. Yeah, it's very period, and like it's comfy, but like yes, it is. You know, not the best color combination. And this Dang car it, had like a red interior. Oh, very fine. I yeah. know exactly the color too. Yeah, <laughs> I love and that so color like red. the we red like, lore. Yep, uh, Volgalure. So we were. Um, you know, like, I was like, I want to save this interior if we can, but we can't pull it out today. Yeah. And we were like, oh, we'll come back tomorrow. But I had to work late, so we didn't get there in time. And so we go the day, like, two days later, and somebody had gone through it and left the window open. And it was and just, it, it poured the day poured before. The, the day before. It was ruined. Ruined the interior. Yeah. I sat in the car even though that was soaking wet just like trying not to cry because i was like i wanted this so well the thing was we left the windows up somebody rolled the windows down yeah or broke the windows out or something yeah and like like, somebody somebody went out of their way to be an asshole about it i i run into that once in a while at the u-pole where i'm like i'm going there for a specific part and somebody's like snuck well now you can bring a sawzall in but before you could somebody like clearly had a sawzall or like i'm going for an electrical plug and they like took the dash out and they cut everything Uh i'm just like dude yeah really and we had like told the employees like hey we want to buy this interior you know can you just like make sure the windows are up and like we went in and they're like we've got bad news for you and i was like they actually no. did tell us beforehand like that, well, was, that was nice of them. They, yeah. they, they know jana like, it, it was the, it was the same it wasn't you paul that was that was that was, that was john's again yeah but it was, it was the same junkyard that like we went to for the super <sighs> and stuff so like, they, they really knew like us me. yeah <laughs> and they try their best, but, you know, there's assholes. I was going to say, you can't get around every asshole. Yeah, and so, like, that's happened a few times to me where, like, there's something that we just can't get because we don't have the right tool or something or we got something to do. And it. So I haven't really, like, because I try not to look at the cars because yeah. that just makes you sad. Yeah. But, like, it's, you know, it's oh, it's more, like walking through a graveyard, yeah. 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 So it's just more, like, people ruining parts that I could have really used and... You know, thankfully, right. you know, with all the accords I found there, like, so many people in the community know exactly what accord I have, and they're always like, hey, this is in a junkyard yeah. close to you. If and I ever saw a CA coupe, I'd be like, oh, I should probably tag you guys in this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I've, every... I've made it very apparent that anybody that finds anything that's EA82 or CA6 related. I, yeah. I was yeah. scrolling yeah. through. I'm like, oh, Ryan posted. That's not Ryan's, but Brian needs to be tagged. Ryan is tagged. Yeah. <laughs> and like, thankfully, we have like those people around, but 
I get there, you know, a little too late. It only takes one turd to mess with the punch Yeah, bowl. and it's because yeah. people don't people see these cars and they're like, oh, nobody cares about this one, and I'm an angry teenage boy that hasn't been fucked. Oh, I almost, I almost so, hit a guy once because I saw him do that to EF. Oh, yeah, and, like, we're, we're the nice people that will roll up the windows in cars with nice interiors, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, I think that's why the Have junkyard a- loves us so much is because we want like we do their job for them by being like we saw these really nice parts and i think you like if we see something that we can't use that's like really awesome oh yeah we, we like tell them and we're like hey we you're, you're gonna want to put this in a special place like you don't want to leave it out there like i do that a lot in cars where if i'm pulling rare stuff on the way to something i'm after i'll yeah. just leave it like in the back seat yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like open like already pulled like there you go yeah, oh, yeah. Some, somebody's gonna be really happy i've done that before there's yeah. a there's the EF sedan where I rolled a window up. I actually had a nine volt battery in my pocket. That I, I that, <laughs> that that's so weird, Ryan. Well, no, I, I, I it's fine. <laughs> what do you expect? I had a nine volt battery in my pocket. The my, IPA emulator. Yeah. No, I need. I had a nine volt battery in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I needed it because I was uh, there was a like an old drill that my dad had that I had just replaced the battery and I had the old one which is like still had enough power in it. It's just not enough torque okay. to do what I was doing. Um, but anyway, it was, uh, I saw EF that was at Upol and yeah, the door card was all apart and it was about, I saw there was rain coming and it had a really clean, uh, blue, uh, interior. It was like flawless. And I'm like, wow, these blue interiors fade like crazy. There's gonna be some dude with a blue interior EF sedan. That's going to be really jazzed about this. I saw the rain coming. I'm like, ah, passenger windows down. So yeah, the, the door panels like mostly off. So I just popped it up. I grabbed the, um, the switch and mm-hmm. just took the nine volt battery and stuck the positive and negative and took my hand and it wasn't it probably enough. needed a little assist. Yeah, it yeah. needed a lot of assist, but it was, <laughs> it was enough where I could actually move it. It had enough power yeah. going to it. So yeah. yeah, I actually rolled it up and it, then I went back there like a week later and it was gone. And I'm like, nice. cool. Excellent. There was some guy that just had a really good day because he just got the interior he really wanted. Um, yeah. And like, I hate being a snitch, but I've also seen like, kids like sneak into the junkyard and i've told employees yeah no screw that yeah because i'm like you got like what they were like sneaking in through a hole in the fence that kind of goes to the quality of the junkyard john's all day long i'll tell him oh yeah if it's you pull you pull probably not I just want to know where that hole is so I don't have to pay admission. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like I saw like these like teenage boys that were obviously like weren't going to be allowed in anyway. They didn't have a toolbox and they had open-toed shoes? Yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. Mm. And weebs. so like I just Bunch like, of weebs. saw them sneak in and I was like, I bet they're in here to destroy cars. What is it with angsty teens? I is it just because they got too much bottled so, up so juice? Back, yeah. back in like 2010, uh, I was at Upol and yeah, I was trying to... Um, there was they had a green EF finally, <laughs> like a green EF sedan, a Titian green pearl. It's like it's hard to find color in a junkyard. Isn't that the color of yours? Yeah, exactly. And this is back when I still needed a fender. And I couldn't find anything, and I went there and it had a perfectly good driver side fender. I'm like, you know what? My passenger side fender has a little bit of service rust on it. It's like 15 bucks here for a fender. This one's got the same pinstripe as mine and everything. Might as well take it. And I, I get ADD and I see a DA Integra across the way. So I'm like, all right, well maybe it's like a, maybe it's a GSR one in a million chances. A GSR. It's got a, it's got a, the VTEC cylinder head on it that I can take off. Yep. And I go up to look at it and come back. And there's some like teenage boys that are like vandalizing the civic. And 
fucking hit the fender that I wanted with a hammer. So it took it, it took a additional person to like intervene, but I was about to kick this kid's ass. Like the kid was like probably like five years younger than me at that point in time because I was like, no, not even. He's like three years younger because he's like sixteen or something, and I was nineteen. Um, that would have been nineteen in twenty ten. However old I was in twenty ten, but he's a couple years younger than me, and he. Um, well, I wonder what that was. I don't know what that was. Nineteen or twenty, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. This kid, like, I actually had to be held back by like and a third party that witnessed that, and like they just told management the kid got kicked out. But I was just pissed because I'm like, I wanted that fender. Like it's the right like, color. It's the I right didn't, pinstripe. I didn't it's super need it. rare. It, if it was, if it was the left fender, the one I had come for, and I saw him doing that, yeah. I would have smashed his face in the hammer. <laughs> I would not be here, and I'd be in jail for murder. Uh, you'd be out uh, of good behavior by yeah. now. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 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 I bet you'd be out. But uh, no, I, I was, OJ, I was right? so mm-hmm. mad at that kid. Um, anyway, so I think we should not talk about um, junkyard stuff. I want to talk about some. <laughs> yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, let's talk about some uh, interesting facts that I learned over the week. Uh, since we are renaming Motor Cult uh, to something else, I was kind of going through my pre-war notes record. Um, oh, shoot. I just realized I had a topic in here I didn't even talk about yet. Oh, what is it? Grand Tour. Oh, shoot. Tell they, me about Grand they, Tour. They announced uh, the release date, finally. It's pushed back way more than it has been the pri- uh, prior years. Well, they did it all. Uh, it's just traveling this season. And uh, they have a trailer that's live now, and it looks pretty good. Uh, I'm pretty excited. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for our audience, because why not? Yeah, we, we, can, we can play a, a, a ad. I see a W123. They uh, they clearly do an episode where they get American lifted pickup trucks and stuff. It's some sort of weird off-road vehicles. Oh, this isn't the trailer. Yes, yeah, isn't. This is a terrible video. Uh, Digital Spy, you suck. Where the heck is the trailer? <sighs> uh, I'm gonna assume this is it. As you can tell, I vet like super thoroughly. Oh, I've seen everybody's seen this trailer. There we go. There we go. So this is the actual season three. <laughs> Can they hear us on the podcast? Yes. Okay, good. It actually feeds through a laptop? Uh yeah, I've got there's there's two actually there's like seven audio things, but one's called desktop audio, and hopefully that worked. It has before. Um, people will have to let us know if that didn't come through. Yeah, but we'll have to fi- amend that. Yeah, so it, the uh, the release date has been announced. It's sometime in January, January eighteenth, which is that's again, almost my birthday. Super late. It's eleven days before my birthday. Anyway, so my birthday is the same day as Oprah Winfrey. I don't care actually, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm mainly excited because I like these people and it's the only content currently that's produced that I actually watch that is published in four K and HDR. Yeah, so I can take true. advantage of my OLED. Yeah, um, fine one. It's, it's just for watching. It's just for watching LaserDiscs right now, which yeah. is really stressing it out. Um. Anyway, so I want to end out the episode with some pre-war. Ugh. Don't worry. It's not bad. It's Duesenberg stuff. Duesenberg might, might as well be post-war. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the technology is so good, it might as well be post-war. I, really? It, that should, should have been be. like period advertising. <laughs> Duesenberg, for Don't the man that likes post-war technology. <clears throat> so... um. First off, I, buy it. I found out that Duesenberg, the uh, Model J, was the first car to have a 
oil change indicator. Oh, wow. Yeah, and a battery uh, gauge and light. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, however, that being said, um, what I wanted to talk about were, uh, A, some facts about the car's acceleration and performance, because we were asking about that. Facts. Yeah, facts. And also facts. the model designation, because they've got one model that like people it's really known for. It's this Duesenberg Model J. It's like that was their best model. Okay. Um, however, there's five different versions of it. What? So there's the Model J, the normal one, the supercharged Model J, the short wheelbase supercharged Model J, the um, lightweight, or the JN, which uh, the JN, if I remember correctly, is like the like sort of 1940s looking one, uh, relatively. And then uh, the supercharged JN, which is all kind of cool. So and that's where these, I assume they all had different individual. No, they were all called the Model J. These are all aftermarket names because they never had to rename them. It was meant for people that already knew how much, however much it was. Um, Duesenberg, I got to say, they probably should have come up with a little bit better naming structure because right now they're basically a pre-war Lincoln. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of what it is. It's but it's like every Lincoln's called an MKS. Yeah, something like that, I think. But anyway. <laughs> oh, like so, the SUV, the small CUV, I, I don't know the what their sedan. names are. I, I can't... I, I know, I, but I'm I'm trying to like illustrate the point that nobody knows. I know, nobody knows. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Nobody knows at all. Fine. All right, so these are some specs on Duesenberg mileages. You have to understand that this car weighed nearly three tons with the bodywork on it. This bare chassis was... Wait, I was, was going to say, with ton. the bodywork? So yeah, when you, when you would buy it, it would be a, an engine with a chassis, and then... You could either get the factory Legrand bodywork, which is a in-house, but is in-house coach builder was Legrand. Is that Fetty Legrand, the uh, uh, EDM producer? Sure, yeah. He probably was around in the 1920s, right? He was very old. <laughs> <laughs> um, Put your hands up for Detroit. I, I do like Fetty Legrand, though. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. Yeah. Um, now, I assume it's a dude. I, I think so. I, I just assumed... It's always it's a male voice. I'm working songs. on the tangents already. So yeah, really. Um, <laughs> all right. So these cars weighed like three thousand pounds. However, they had like two hundred and sixty-five horsepower on the NA version. Yeah, and how many foot pounds of torque? Uh, trillions. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't actually know how many foot pounds of torque they had. Just sufficient. Sufficient. However, I can, Royce. I can tell you that um, it was. 265 horsepower that was capable of sending that three-ton chassis to 119 miles per hour. I would with, not have done that. Without a supercharger, and it could hit 94 miles per hour in second gear. Okay, yeah, but like a lot of W bodies can also do that. Yeah, it says W bodies basically use a Duesenberg transmission. Um, That's high praise for a W body. <laughs> that'd be the, if a W body used a Duesenberg transmission, I would buy one. Um, Let the record state. Ryan would buy a W body under some conditions. Yeah, it would have to be a Duesenberg, but if it was, in fact, a Duesenberg, then yes, I would buy a W body. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure we have that on record. <laughs> just in case, you know, for extortion. I mean, uh, fa Ex facts. Extortion, what? <laughs> um, I'm trying to get the exact speed here, but uh, they had like an eight-second zero to 60. That is really, really fast. What year are these? Like, they were, well, they were all built in 1920. 829. Oh, so downright were, modern. And then they were sold throughout the 30s as they made a whole bunch of them before the uh, Great Depression and the Depression hit and they just continued selling the ones they'd already made. Oh, I see. So they yeah. just like 
stood still. It was yeah, it was really bad timing that they made these cars. But I was gonna uh, say they weren't exactly inexpensive, were they? No, they. Uh, I'll get to the price in a little bit here. Okay. But so the, the these are all these are all these specs are the base model, non supercharged. By the way, <laughs> just love the term your, base model Duesenberg. The the um, <laughs> it's how ridiculous. The zero to one hundred was seventeen seconds. Out. Miles per hour. Yeah, zero to hundred miles per hour, seventeen seconds. That's faster than like a majority of vehicles today. Yeah, today. Yeah, I know. It's like they're actually really fast. And mind you, all of this is with a non-synchro mesh three-speed manual transmission. <laughs> so you had to be a real person to drive it, is what yeah, I'm you had to, too. Yeah, you had to be a mensch to drive it. <laughs> I see. And no goyams allowed. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the uh, it's pretty cool. <laughs> you could do that. And then... You are the most obtuse so, person I know. Thank by you. No small margin. Uh, now... For the supercharged version, um, the uh, supercharged version was able to hit 104 miles per hour in second gear, had a top speed of 140. Uh, Holy hell. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you also have to uh, understand that like nothing was able, a mile a minute was flying. 60 miles per hour? Yeah. Ah, like the term mile, yeah. They're going a mile a minute, huh? The term mile a minute in like 1935 was something. like the daily triple oh, to us. Which, incidentally, I really like. Yeah, like you're really like flying it. if you're doing that. Well, I, you know, I was driving the FJ today, not the Fiat, so it doesn't have an 88 mile an hour limiter. So then, um, yeah, they, they also made a uh, land speed record version uh, that had 320 horsepower. Uh, achieved an average top speed of 135 miles per hour and a one-hour average of 152. And That's ridiculous. Still had revs left. Miles <laughs> what was the uh, the red line on that engine? Um, I have no idea. Oh well, you should have had your facts straight. I, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> totally, I'm, so, I'm sorry, all right. <laughs> but please forgive me, my friend. Never. I, I have, I have no. I, I agree. I should have done my due diligence better. Um, mm, whatever. But all right. So anyway, off to the pricing, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, average car in 1930 was, or 1933 was about like two, three hundred bucks. Four hundred if you really got a sweet, like fully loaded. Buick. A real honey of a car. A real honey of a Buick, yeah. <laughs> um, these were nine grand for the chassis. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Then once you add the um, bodywork to it, you can turn it just the stock bodywork added on would make it about thirteen, fourteen thousand. And then, if you wanted like any actual coachwork bodywork, you'd be looking seventeen to twenty-five. I'm trying to do some simple math on how many times I did the math okay. already on this. That in 1933, at the lowest point in the recession, a Duesenberg with stock bodywork would have been a hundred and forty thousand um, dollars for a car in period money. If if you converted to two thousand nineteen dollars. Oh, that's not so bad. You have to understand, though, what are you getting for that? Hopefully the best. Yeah, but when I say $130,000, you're getting, like, a radio. You're getting four-wheel. Radio's pretty good for the Yeah, you're getting four-wheel brakes. Very impressive. Yes, you're getting uh, um, some electrical stuff. 
like you're not getting the same like lights you're not yeah like lights and stuff but you're not you're not getting like all the hybrid with like whiz bang gizmos and infotainment technology well i mean you were relatively speaking but i mean like <laughs> relatively speaking you had me at whiz bang you lost me at pre-war the um a fully loaded duesenberg like realistically had the same amount of stuff that you would get in like a, a kia early 90s lexus kia yeah like a modern kia yeah yeah so you're you're getting so basically. So what you're telling me is a Duesenberg is a Kia. Basically, that's, okay, that's cool. a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, except a hell of a lot nice. faster, a lot cooler, and made for running over the poor. Oh yeah, I do like the running over the proletariat. It's yeah. good. I think that should be our bombshell. I think so too. Run right. over the run over poor people. Run over the poor people with your Duesenberg. Thank you for listening to Motor Cult. Thanks for letting me ruin your day with Catch pre-war you guys facts. On Monday or Saturday. I'm dumb.